The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. Yo, welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. It's Christmas Eve, and the Bears have just won. There's only one football team in Chicago, mister. It ain't the Cardinals. Well, not anymore. I mean, they did used to be here, but that was a long time ago. This game, this game had everything. No, this game was really interesting, and it's Christmas Eve or maybe Christmas Day when you're listening to this. I'm not going to hold you up too long in the coverage, even though I did sit there and watch this whole thing. I thought that they were terrific in the first half and then bogged down in the second. Like The, the problems with continuing to struggle when the other team adjusts to what you're doing is a problem for the Bears. Short yardage. This is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to the Bears this year. They have a lot of weapons, a lot of people to choose from when it comes to trying to get a yard. What they don't have is a play. They need a short yardage play. I don't care whatever it is, quarterback sweep. Even if you want it to be fullback dive, which it shouldn't be. 24 lead was my favorite play when I call. I write 24 lead. Very simple. QB draw. QB power. Whatever it is, drill it, drill it, drill it. And then when you have an opportunity for a short yardage play, run it. They get stuck in these short yardage situations. And considering they have Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, I I don't know why, and DJ Moore, I don't know why you still struggle 
to figure out what to do in those situations. Especially when you have two guys, you have two guys that were absolutely carving up Arizona. By the way, they are one of the worst outside contained teams that I've seen this season. They their linebackers got suckered in on plays to the boundary a lot in this game. Now they ended up figuring that out and they ended up starting to spy a little bit more, which takes away some of the things that you want Justin Fields to do. But look at this. Fields is 97 yards, and really we're talking about a hundred. So Herbert has 112 yards. Neither one of those guys touched the ball on a gotta-have-it play. This, that's ridiculous. And the play calling at the end of the first half where you know that Arizona, because of your decision, they have a chance at a double-up. They've got an opportunity to take the ball and try and score twice. You, your job is to run time off the clock with that lead. You could have just run. The fact that the first down play, you got to run the ball. You got to make them do something. It's either got to cost them time or a timeout. You choose. You got to make them burn their timeouts, or make the clock move. It would also be nice if Darnell Mooney would catch the ball. That would be nice. Two catches for five yards for him on four targets. So it would be nice if he caught it, especially when it's thrown his way and got to have in situations. Maybe he has checked out. Maybe he is upset that DJ Moore is here and he's, you know, DJ Moore didn't have a big day. The big day receiving-wise was Cole Komet, and he didn't play half the game. Some really, I will say, and I will give credit to Luke Getze, he did some stuff like he flipped that Robert Tanyan play to the other side and got Komet open, and he made a nice play on it. Justin made a nice ball. There were explosive plays in this game. Fields with a 39-yard run, Komet with a 53-yard reception. There could have been more considering how bad this defense for Arizona is. 400 yards of offense, though, for the Bears, so that's a good sign. 170 yards on the ground. I'm sorry, 100 and uh, I don't know why I can't do math right now. Um, 250-some-odd yards on the ground for them. You love to see it. So it's it's weird to kind of try to put this win in context because, yes, if you're, if you're Matt Eberflus, you're like, yo, man, I doubled my win total in year two. I have a chance to do more than double my win total in year two with the last two games that the Bears have. But it's hard. It's hard to really get a sense of what actually matters from this game. I think having your your offense play a little bit better is great. 
I do think that that uh, we were texting about this on the show. Like we were the the show has a text stream that we constantly are sending each other v- reels and videos and gifs and all sorts of stuff. I, I think that Matt Eberflus's blitz radar has been off for the last three games. If that makes sense. I think that he had calibrated it so well early on. Then you get Montez Sweat, and you don't need to do as much blitzing. And it feels like he's doing more blitzing than he needs to do. And when he picks, he picks wrong. Because there were some plays that Kyler Murray was able to make, and you're like, uh, a better team might have made that more precarious than what the Arizona Cardinals did. But they got out of there with a win, and that's, I mean, you won by 11 points, you know. To me, if if you're talking about what a team is in a blowout, like I consider anything above what you were favored by, especially if it's double digits, a blowout. So that, to me, is a blowout. It wasn't easy, though, and it didn't feel like it because the Bears stumbled into winning. I'll go back to this and look. L- Let's take a quick timeout, and then let's discuss Matt Eberflus's arguments. That's next. Okay, put yourself in Matt Eberflus's shoes. If you're trying to make an argument for your job and for your job to be saved, isn't one of the things that you're going to say is, I won three games last year in a year where you know we weren't trying to win. You gave me better players, and we got better results. He's already doubled the win total now. If they go on to finish with eight wins and maybe not being eliminated from playoff contention until the very last minute, then I I. I think that they should move on. Just so you know where I'm at, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here and saying if you're Matt Eberflus and you get fired, then it kind of feels like you were hired to get fired, which I'm not going to cry for him because it's the most money that he's ever made in his career. And even these two years where you're hired to get fired, you end up with a lot more money than you would make as a coordinator and you have head coach on your resume. I don't know if he'll ever get another bite at the apple because he's, what, 55 and a defensive guy that didn't show that he could hire offensive talent necessarily. But if I'm him, one of the things that I'm saying, maybe it isn't even to Ryan Poles. Maybe it's to Kevin Warren. Hey, man. I did the job that you guys asked me to do in a season when you weren't trying to win games. We all know that we weren't trying to win games. And, Kevin, I know you're new here. We weren't trying to win games. So there's that. And then what had happened was is that in the next year, once I got some people in in positions that I desperately need, I've been here two years. You know the system that I run defensively, and you know how important it is to have a three technique. You gave me a rookie who was playing in a two-gap system who midway through the season, I coached up well enough 
for him to play the position that I've needed, but he's not necessarily a natural at it. And look at what my defense became when you gave me someone that the offense has to game plan on. I deserve another shot at this. And I don't, that would be my argument if I were Matt Eberflus. I don't know if, I don't know how Eberflus feels about fields. I suspect, and this is not, this is just trying to catch a vibe from what I hear and read. I think Eberflus would be totally fine going forward with Justin Fields. I don't know how that can work if Luke Getze is still the play caller. Because I just, for whatever reason, I don't know if Luke is a bad guy who is sabotaging the dude. I don't think that that's the case. I just think that they're, they don't mesh. It's not a good teacher-quarterback situation. I'd love to see Justin with someone more experienced. And I know now, you know, Getsy's got 34 games, will end up with 34 games under his belt. As a play caller, give me someone who's already got 70 games under his belt as a play caller that really believes in development and drilling and finding a couple of good things that you do and just pounding the other team with that. But if but if I'm Matt Eberflus and my guys show up next week and they show up in week 18 and you're able to get some wins, first of all, it's going to make last week feel a lot worse. If they get shut out of the playoffs at 8 and 9 when they probably would have made it at 9 and 8, Last week's going to feel terrible. Denver's going to feel terrible. Detroit's going to feel terrible. Now, that's how this league works. A lot of games are won and lost by one possession in the NFL. I'm sure the NFL will put out a press release later on in the, in the new year talking about how many of those games some usually it's around like 50 percent of games every fan base for the most part has the man we were in a lot of games this year let me give you an example what i'm talking about here let me look on and see what the scores were this week in the nfl because that'll give us an idea and i don't i mean i'm doing this blind y'all so it's not like i is it, I didn't necessarily look to see what the numbers were before I said this. Okay, Rams-Saints, one-score game. Bills-Chargers, one-score game. Falcons, no, that's not a one-score game. Packers-Panthers, strangely enough, one-score game. Lions-Vikings, one-score game. Jets-Commanders, one-score game. Seahawks-Titans, one-score game. Cowboys-Dolphins, one-score game. So, half... More than half of your schedule was one-score games. That's how they want this league to operate so it gives hope. But if you're a Bears fan or a Bears supporter, you are kind of sitting there going, man, look at all these wasted opportunities that we had. And that was the difference between getting in and not getting into the playoffs. Sucks. But that's what it is. You know what's interesting to me, too? 
I think Mark Mark Sanchez. Um, his broadcasting style is interesting because he's super laid back. So there are times when he's just kind of audibly waiting to say something. Like you hear him go, "Oh man." And then he doesn't explain it for a couple seconds because I think he's processing it. It's interesting. He had said, look, Justin Fields is going to be playing in the NFL next year for somebody. I agree with him. I think that Justin Fields is going to be a starter somewhere. I'm curious on what the folks up at Hallis Hall think, and they dodged quite the bullet today with the Panthers losing to Green Bay. Green Bay tried to give him the game. Bryce Young had a nice afternoon for once. They're, they're you know, they're look at what they've done the last couple weeks. They're getting plucky. So don't just assume, don't just assume now that they're going to lie down in these last two games. Bryce, let me look at the numbers here. What does Bryce Young do? Bryce Young 23 of 36, 312 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 110 passer rating. DJ Chark do, 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 had two touchdowns in that game. I'm just saying. Y'all out here counting losses. Here come the Panthers getting better. All right, that's it. I'm going to eat dinner now. I hope that you have a great Christmas. I hope you get what you want, even if that's just peace of mind and people leaving you alone. It's a great thing to go into the holiday with the Bears having won way better than them having lost. But have a great, great Christmas. I'll be on the radio on Tuesday if you want to check out the show. And if not, we'll have more episodes for you here on the podcast. If you have not gone and listened to the episode that Layla did with Shakia Taylor, I highly recommend that you go and listen to it. It's classic. Sports Adjacent this week is also fantastic. The return of Tony Gill. So if you got a long drive somewhere, House of L has got you covered with some great episodes. Check them out. And thanks for listening to this one. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.